Welcome to Appetite for Production, the last bastion of VST and audio units plug-in comedy in a humorless world run by replicant modular synthesis Hell's Angels. Well, you know what I say, James, Nerf Bastion. Is that a reference that you are familiar with? Not at all. Okay, well, listen, old man, (laughs) TikTok is coming and it's (laughs) changing the world. Sitting on my lap today is Tim Kant. (laughs) Hey! The Johnny Knoxville of Wavetable Synthesizer (laughs) Instructional Video. That is inaccurate. Carry on. Tim has been in more top producer studios than a Marvin Gaye sample. (laughs) Hey. Filming those future music in-studio videos you've probably seen on the YouTubes. And operating my levers today is James Russell, the music software writer and viewer, whose knob jokes you probably skimmed over while looking at the pretty pictures instead. So, Tim... What is Appetite for Production? I have no godly idea. Yeah, I know. You seem to have really avoided, really understanding what we're doing for almost a year now. Appetite for Production is a music technology podcast that takes a sideways glance at the uh, world of music making. What are we talking about on this uh, episode, bruv? Uh, We're talking about new synths from unlikely places. Oh, I can't even imagine what those places might be. Three new synths to talk about. Three new synths? One new leak to talk about. No, wait. Two new leaks to talk about. Two new leaks? Hashtag thick, hashtag Pharrell, hashtag gay. Oh, (laughs) you've been checking out my browser history. The blurred lines verdict is in. Oh, not this nonsense again. Brilliant. Propellerhead's big mistakes, back again. No. Rolls eyes. And plenty more. Let's get on with today's episode. Right, you are, sir. Hey, hey, hey. Hi. Hi, James. Oh, how are you? I am physically and mentally drained by Christmas. What about you? I'm all right. I, I managed to relax. So I'm okay. But. Oh, nice. uh, not drained, but I need a bit of uh, filling up. Not in <laughs> really? that way. Not in that way. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> you, you don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> you want another cup of coffee, yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, it's it's been a couple of weeks since we last did this, as usual. Yeah, that's how, that's how often the podcast comes out. Some things have happened. Not a load of things have happened, but... I guess we're in the run-up to NAM, and that's when Music Tech News starts to dry up a little bit. Oh, really? Well, yeah, you you know the flow of news. No, I don't. I've never I've never really done news, man. Oh, okay. Do you know, actually, I've, I used to do, like, back when I wrote really first started on CM, I did a tiny bit of news. But I've never been the news guy, really. So I don't, I'm pretty, in a world of my own, basically. Well, it's a so good what's, thing what's you've got me. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is the whole reason we do the podcast, is so that you can you can digest the news and then regurgitate it like um, a bird mother yes. into a baby bird's mouth. Exactly. Well, prepare yourself for what's going to issue forth from my beak over this episode. I can't wait for it. It smells delicious. But before that, what have you been up to in the last two weeks? I I did a load of like sound-alike videos, which is something I haven't... I used to do sound-alike for CM, which is basically getting... trying to replicate sounds from tunes that people have heard. Um, And I did some video stuff like that for Plugin Boutique. And my God... That was horrendous, mate. Uh, you mentioned something uh, about this to me at some point, but you, you did a load of sound-alike videos for them. Yeah, I ended up doing a bunch of like class- like classic stuff. I did some like Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson stuff using the CSATV, uh-huh. which it seems was used quite a lot back in the day by Big Post Studio people. What is the silly, squelchy synth sound from simply having a wonderful Christmas time? It is the CSATV. Is it? Well, it's the CSAT originally. <laughs> Okay. Um, so yeah, and I so I did a bit of research and everything. And do you know what? It was actually really hard to get it to to have the the right sort of character. And yeah, I mean, I'm not even sh- like I think I got as close as I could get it with the synth. But who knows, mate? I've never played a real CS80, so it's really hard to tell. So what were you doing? Were you sort of uh, running the screen cap? basically doing it trying to find it and then editing it into no 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 i wasn't no god no no what i would do was i would i'd get i'd download the tune in itunes drag drag the audio into live try and find the cleanest part i could 
and then literally just like trying to replicate the one note and working out what um what techniques were necessary to get that kind of timbre basically interesting so yeah some of it was like really involved um and some of it was really easy for example uh sandstorm by derude mm-hmm. uh which which i really enjoyed doing and i did watch some videos to like cuz i didn't realize it was based around just like two real simple oscillators uh just like detuned to like a fifth or whatever but in a really funky way so like the bass oscillators down an octave and the the other one is up an octave and a fifth um which sounds sounds kind of simple or whatever but it's the sort of thing that i would just never work out because i am dumb good luck with that well it's done now mate thank god so (laughs) yeah so i'm just waiting for people to slag it off on the internet when uh, when they all get published basically well at least you can rely on that well yeah that's well i like to have some consistency in my life and that's provided by the denizens of youtube what have you been doing, James? Uh, I've been I've been having a lot of various problems. So <laughs> good, wicked. Uh, <laughs> that makes me feel better about myself. I've had the most glorious and fun technical issue with uh, Studio One. Oh, what? So basically, something. Uh, well, no. Here's what I did. Here's how it starts. It starts by me buying a computer with a very small hard drive because of lack of money. Okay, which computer is this? This is my current MacBook. Well, oh, okay, okay. I needed to buy a new hard drive. I went for the cheapest, smallest option, 128 gig, uh, like a fool. SSD, yeah? SSD. Mm-hmm. And so it got clogged up quite quickly, but I have been staying on top of it. But <laughs> I needed to free up a lot of space. Mm. So I thought, okay, I've got all these native instruments, sort of sound libraries, contact instruments. Um, sure, they take up a lot of space. That yeah, makes sense. Uh, like action strings and scarby bass or whatever. Mm. I thought, right, I am only ever going to use these when I'm here in the office. So mm. I'm going to move them onto an external hard drive. Yeah, why not? That seems like a really sensible idea. And I sort of worked out how to do it, worked out how to do it properly, did it. It sort of worked, sort of didn't work. There were a load of dodgy things. I had to contact support and get it done properly. And I eventually got that done, and that was fine. And I was mm. happy with it. And then, suddenly after that, when I load up Studio One, it scans the plugins, mm-hmm. as it annoyingly does every time you open it. Yeah. And it's scanning for 6,000 plugins. What? And it's scanning the same stuff over and over and over again. And it looks like it's going to take, like about six hours for it to actually finish. You can cancel it and it'll still let you use the ones that it's found. Yeah, right. That doesn't sound ideal. It is really not ideal. So eventually, I I kept having to load up Studio One and I was like, okay, let me let it get another 10 minutes into this 6,000 plugin scan. So next time I load it, it'll go another 10 minutes. Oh, okay, okay. But eventually, I went on their forum, their support forum, and said like, well, the fuck is happening? I've only got 180 VST VSTs in my folder. So why the hell is it scanning for 6,000? Mm. And people just really did not offer helpful advice. They were like, you know, you can switch off the rescanning in the oh. preferences. It's like, yeah, of course I know that. Yeah, Thanks. yeah, yeah. Oh. Like, yeah, I know that. But what yeah, if I, I want to solve this plug- problem, not bury my head in the sound <laughs> like a freaking music technology ostrich? Am I right? Uh, you're right. So eventually, the proper support people diagnosed the problem, and it obviously it was my own fault. I had accidentally created <laughs> an alias, otherwise known as a shortcut, to the VST folder in the VST folder in the VST folder. So it was scanning the VST folder. Getting to the alias, which is letter V, so it's at the bottom. Yeah. Going in that, rescanning, going in that, rescanning, going in that, rescanning. It's like a plug-in inception. Yes, scanception, mates. Yeah. So (laughs) it was... Wow. How did you work that out then? Well, the support guy worked it out, I think. But Fair play to that support guy. You've had positive things to say about Studio One support in the past. I have. I have. But here's the thing. Oh. All the other doors I loaded and rescan plugins in mm. got that. They they didn't trip up on the fact that there was uh, a, okay. there was a scanception. Yeah. And Studio One does. It it just it flummoxed it and it's like, huh? 
Oh, I'll just keep looking in this folder. Yeah. And <laughs> well, a, a, um, a presoner's going to pay you a load of money for finding this bug that will hopefully now get squished. No. Oh. Um, but because technically they found it anyway. Oh, okay. Fair and enough. they probably don't have any money. <laughs> no one's got any money, mate. <laughs> um, but it's really sort of alerted me to like, do I really want to use Studio One anymore? Oh God! What this has made you not want to use it? Well, this and many, many other things. Oh. But I think I'm. I think I got too dependent on it, too hooked to it, and I think I'm going to wean myself <gasps> off it. What? But where are you going to go? I am going to go with Traction Waveform for a bit. <laughs> what? Because that, you're such that, a contrarian. That always makes sense. <laughs> I want to learn how it works properly and get to using it a lot. Wow. So are you going to start riding around on a penny farthing and uh, twiddling your hipster moustache? Yeah, well, I was thinking of growing moustache on the back of my head. Oh, man. Well, that, that's how I roll. Yeah, you will be rolling. Flipping heck. So is Tracks a waveform? That's not like the free version. It's no. The, like the, the uh, it's, commercial it's, version. It's the commercial version. And it is great. Uh, it's a bit overwhelming and complicated, but it's still good. Um, yeah, that was one thing I did this... Uh, this last couple of weeks um another thing i did you'll be interested in this i used and messed around a lot with for the first time gross beat ah yes i remember reviewing gross beat like a decade ago or something when Mm. it first came out what were your thoughts on it back then it was fine um <laughs> I mean I had read so a few couple of years after or something I read something about Daft Punk used some of the presets on their Tron right. soundtrack and I was like that's not very Daft Punky mm. but um but whatever I mean it seemed to do seemed to do the job and everything but I mean the only thing that interests me about those sort of plugins is the deck stop effect yeah like the turntable stop effect <clears throat> and I never use that anyway right so um so I'm not really interested. Well, how come you've been using Grossbeat? I was doing it for a sort of uh, how-to article on the web. And it was it was just like how to get started using Grossbeat by a guy who's never ever used Grossbeat. Ah, right. Well, that'd be helpful, yeah. So I installed it, messed about with it, found out exactly what was what. And uh, I, I constructed my take on how to use Grossbeat. I think I did pretty well, actually. You know, I think I explained it better than most of the people who were out there already on mm. youtube or on the web and it's it's good it's it's really cool and considering it's that old they had a great idea a long time ago and few people <laughs> copied them until recently yeah and it's certainly like it's it's really well known um yeah, and I think I think I think that is helped by it, the image line connection mm. because it does seem that people like FL Studio users they seem to know about all these image line plugins. I mean, I don't know how it, how the deal works yeah. with uh, getting FL Studio and getting the plugs. Yeah, I think they're in it, but you can buy them separately. Don't take that too. Okay, seriously, okay, I'm not okay, sure. okay. Well, it sounds like you don't really have a clue. But no, but I, I just got Gross Beat the plugin. Yeah, and it's PC only, which is why I <laughs> had right. never used it. That'd be and, why I haven't used it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's 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 the thing. I mean, FL Studio is now on Mac, but the Grossbeat plugin isn't on Mac. And I think they missed a trick there. And they've basically given Cable Guys a space to take over with Time Shaper. Mm. Um, Cable Guys seem to be doing pretty well on filling those little niches left by ImageLine and X for Records, mate. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, exactly. And they've <clears throat> did them well. And um, I think that's all we'll say about that. But yeah, Grossbeat is pretty cool. Yeah, wicked. So what, what sort of stuff have you been doing it? I can't imagine. Um, nothing that special. I was just it was <laughs> mostly like testing it. I wasn't necessarily making a track with it, but in order to find out how it works and exactly what you can you've do got to with use it. it yourself. Yeah, you've got to use it yourself. And it's very cool. It's very uh, fun. And yeah. I can see it being one of those things where there's a load of presets and they end up turning up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's really interesting how it works. It basically you can sort of retime your audio over an eight bar buffer and by drawing into a grid. And so if you draw a line all the way across the minus four line, you'll play backwards slowly, right? Well, there, there is a way you can make it play backwards. Um, but if you draw a straight line 
lower than oh. the top, then it will basically not play anything for a bit, <clears throat> and they'll play it suddenly start playing once the bus is loaded up. Oh god, weird. Okay, it's a it's a weird one to figure out, but that's why you need loads of presets. I think if you're making this that today, mm. it would just be like okay. So let's create a million presets mm. so that no one sounds like anyone else. Yeah. And no one worries that they're going to sound like anyone else. Yeah, that does seem to be the approach these days, is just providing an absolute shit ton of presets. Because let's face it, who's got time to program anything when there are so many plugins out there? True, true. I mean, I guess the, the DSP programmers behind the plugins are the, the ones who are programming anything. Mm, they are mm. responsible for all our music today yes well i often whenever i'm listening to music um as, like especially music that was made in the uk i think this would not be possible without an army of very clever japanese people <laughs> so ha- isn't that hats true off. for most technology hats away exactly hats off to the scientists because ever without them our way of life would cease to exist james only japanese scientists yeah right? well <laughs> i think you'll find most scientists are japanese so yeah oh, okay. mm. another thing i've done over christmas is i have been reading the autobiography of Anthony Kiedis, the singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right. I remember this, like, there was a massive sort of promo for this book back in sort of 2002, 2003 time. Okay. I really wanted to read it then, but it's taken me, you know, it's taken me about 15 years to get around to it. Wicked. And, oh, I'm so disappointed. What? Uh, What's wrong with it? Well, I mean, I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers a lot less now. Oh, Why? Although I was listening to them on the ro- the way over, so it's probably temporary. Mm. Uh, man, he's a douchebag. Uh, never meet your heroes, mate. Yeah, that's the thing. It feels like meeting someone that you respected and then being massively let down because it turns out he's a massive douche. What's, what kind of douche is he? Uh, it's just a, basically... I mean, I know it's an autobiography, but you don't have to go on about yourself that much. It's very, <laughs> it's very LA. Self, self-aggrandizing, is it? Yeah, it's very Californian and like, I hurt all these people, but it's okay because I'm great. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. I've got it. But you know, it's, it's sort of, you got to sometimes learn how the sausages are made. Well, I do think that's true. And you know, life isn't all peaches and cream. Sometimes... Uh, the dude out of the Red Hot Chili Peppers is going to be an arsehole to you. Yeah. And I think that's a, le- a lesson we all probably have to deal with sooner or later in our lives. Yeah, it's a shame. Oh, that's what I'm finding from the book anyway. Well, how much more of it have you got to read? Uh, about a third. Well, maybe he'll have some, like, Road to Damascus ting. Oh, he's had, he's had about five Road to Damascus ting. Oh, okay. <laughs> gone and done a bunch of crack. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. Wicked. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, yeah, it's, it's still kind of, it's a I wouldn't say it's Howard Marxy, but it's like, you know, it's kind of funny in, in some ways. But yeah, interesting thing. Yeah, cool. Well, I didn't know you can read, so that's, I've learned something today. Cool. I think it's time to talk about Loopmaster's Chords. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Loopmaster's Chords. It's finally been, I think we've been hinting at it. But it's been released over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so this is a very interesting instrument. It's a sample-based instrument, which basically each sample slot, you load a chord. Mm-hmm. A sampled chord. Exactly. So or... it's very much like an old-school workstation keyboard with your sampling and synthesis stuff that I bang on about nonstop. And if you play a higher note it plays the chord faster if you play a lower note it plays the chord slower just like classic you know it's not it's not doing some comprehensive time stretch it's got the classic feel of sampled chords Mm, resampling in full effect yeah so i did the manual for this Mm. and what did you do for i did some demo videos which i quite enjoyed because uh as i say this is kind of like a bit of a throwback to some workstation keyboard patches and i was like you know what? This is all right. Because when I first heard about it, I was like, this sounds like the sort of thing I'd never ever use. Mm. But I did enjoy it. I, I saw someone on, on the Twitters saying that they should have called it InstaVibe. Which oh, okay. I think is a good point because it does uh, just get that vibe going. Well, this is the thing, especially if you're making any sort of like electronic music. If you have like a resampled chords and you can play it up and down the keyboards, it's very quickly to like 
get the sort of the the chord progression and sort of a melody idea sort of mm. in there as well really really quickly why don't you whip it up and uh whip it out and you want me to whip it out oh i wasn't expecting this hang on a second whip it out and uh demonstrate for the people Let me... the kind of sounds you'll get i haven't used it since i made the videos not because it's not good but uh just because i haven't made any of my own music as per oh I don't know if this is the finished version, by the way. Oh, it's, no, it is, because it's got the init patch that I ah, discussed with him. So you have an init patch thanks to Tim. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome, world. So, like, the great thing about, like, resample chords instantly sound like Raven drum and bass. So you can yeah. just go... you got your tune there, bro. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> and one song in the bank. Yeah, let's Next have, song. Let's have a... Oh, let's have a look at some... Do you know, actually, I'm going to go for some strums. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I like the way the change... Show the it off. ...speed changes as you go up and down the keyboard. Trap and feature bass, mate. That's so what else have we got. Oh. That's nice. You see, this all this stuff instantly sounds like 90s drum and bass, and I think the developer is not afeard of 90s drum and bass. So. <laughs> So you've got two sample slots. Um, each one can load the entire same set of samples. Uh, although one's called chord layer and one's called note layer, it doesn't really matter. Kind of a misnomer, really. Yeah, isn't the, it? the idea is that you load single note samples into the note layer and a chord into the chord layer, but you can just as easily load two chords in. Yeah. Helter Skelter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh. You've got to think, James, with all of this stuff available to me, why can't I make any music? You'd think it'd be easy, wouldn't you? Ooh. That's really nice. So, yeah, the, the other good thing, it's really easy to select, uh, to sort of change your sound because the sounds, the sample layers are all split into major, minor, and open. Yeah, right? yeah, that's, that's, yeah, a good point. Yeah. And... When you've, you just need to sort of select the same for each layer. And mm. when you hit the randomize button, it'll automatically stay in whatever category you've got. So you can just mm. keep randomizing, knowing that it won't suddenly switch it to minor or something, mm. uh, which is a really great point. Loads of, you know, standard synth stuff on there, like uh, filter, filter envelope, filter LFO. Mm. Bit of time stretching and formant shifting. Is there time stretching? Oh, yeah, there's a Speed, stretch. Yeah. Speed can technically compensate for the fact that... It, uh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, you wouldn't yeah. necessarily do it like that. And effects, chorus delay and reverb. Classic. Yeah, yeah it's good stuff, man. It's a really solid instrument. It's, it's good, and it, you know, it gets you a feeling, mm. and that feeling is 90s drum and bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad to see that uh, plugin developers are start to catering to the 90s throwback audience, basically. It's been a long time. Let me ask you something on a technical note, James. Yeah. So presumably... You think I'm going to be able to answer this just because I wrote the manual? Oh, it's a, well, no, actually, it's more of a music theory question oh, yeah. than a chords question. Mm. So presumably you can make a patch where on one of the slots you have um, a major chord. Yes. And then on the other you have the relative minor via uh -huh. detuning. Yeah. So how would that work? You can. And that is, by the way, thank you me, written in the manual. Oh, is it? Oh, yep. Fair enough, mate. Uh, let me let me quote you directly. Oh <laughs> wow, wicked! So, tip with a single note tuned to zero, mm -hmm. transpose a minor chord by plus four semitones. Oh, okay. To create a major seventh. So that's transposing. Let me let me try. Uh... Let's go for a. No, oh, hang on. Is that right? I don't know. What have you chosen? So I've got a major in here. No, a minor chord. Minor chord. Oh, I thought you could have a major and a minor if it was the relative minor. Uh, you could, but then you you would be transposing slightly differently. How would you transpose it? Keep your minor chord at zero, and transpose your main major chord by plus three. Let's get some better sounds. Okay, so we've got that's the major. This is the minor. There you go, major and minor in perfect harmony. Let's randomize again. 
Oh yeah. That's cool. And so if you wanted to put the minor chord on top, then you would transpose it by plus four. Okay. And the major chord to zero. Let's have a listen to that. I like it. It's a good, lot. right? That's cool, yeah. And yeah, you can also do that with a single note. But yeah, doing it with chords, I think, sounds really interesting. I'm not sure how many of the patch makers took advantage of that. Yeah. Well, we're pushing the envelope as always, mate. The question is, where are they going to go after this? <clears throat> um. Okay, so they got bass master. Yeah. They got a chords instrument. Yeah. Leads seems Ooh, to be the obvious well, choice. Well, technically, but vocals? I guess that's... Yeah, leads would be a bit like making a synth. They could do a vocals thing. And it would probably end up a slightly a bit like what output do. Like a sort of exhale light, perhaps. <laughs> In many ways, but sort of more of a sampled feel than a incredible Gross. vocal studio feel. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. And I guess there's always drums as well. Mm-hmm. They have hell of a lot of drum samples to lean back on. Mm, yeah, I mean... I guess that would that would feel like they'd probably want to do something a bit different to their instrument-based well, ones. Maybe cause... they would do uh, ones with sort of ready-made beats. I mean, you have Plug-in Boutique chords. Uh, sorry, not chords. You have Plug-in Boutique scale. What the hell is it called? Plug-in Boutique what? Scalar. Scalar, yeah. 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 <laughs> you have something like that. Like You could sort of use a bit of stuff from that. Probably not. But I think I think this engine that they've got would work better with one-shot sounds okay. than, uh, than like... Well, they wouldn't. They would be adapting the engine, I imagine. Yeah, that but you know, like you could have something with grooves pre-built into it, and I you're just so. choosing all the samples. But who knows? Mm. We get it. We get having an acoustic version and a sort of Roland version. Yeah, mm, that could be nice. But yeah, looking um, like and sounding pretty tight. Yeah, definitely. So that's uh, yeah, Loopmaster's chords. Six, well, 70 clams, 70 clam sterling, uh, 85 euro clam, and $99 clam. Yeah, it's on sale starting at the moment, introductory discount, 50 pound clam. Oh, I didn't realise there's a trial version as well. So yeah, maybe check it out. Check it out. It'll, it'll give you that instant vibe. Nice. So, James, now's the part of the show where we put a hat in front of us and sit on the ground and beg for people to like us. Do you, do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's, it's Facebook, Twitter and such begging time. Yeah, um, give us a like or a share or something. I mean, it's no big deal or whatever, but if you fancied it, it would really help us out. You can find us at slash A4P podcast wherever you are. That's a number four. That's good uh, consistency on that, James. So or, fair play. Or if you're the kind who would use this thing called a search bar, you could just type the name of this podcast and find us like any normal person. Oh, wicked. Right. Well, for all the zero normal people listening, that is a great bit of advice. Cheers, Jamie. You can go to a4bpodcast.com and uh, be redirected to any of those things. And while you're there on your computer, you could log into iTunes and leave a five-star review on the Appetite for Production podcast page. Any star review would be great. Any star frankly. review would pretty much help us out of this hellish... <laughs> this self-imposed... This hellish void that we're shouting into. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've got quite used to the void, and I like it now. So are you aware of the Korg Volca range? Yes, yes, I am. Everyone seems to love them for reasons that are not clear to me. Little things about the size of a VHS tape or smaller. Which, smaller, I'd say, yeah. <clears throat> which make music and patch together. They've uh, just launched... Well, they haven't just launched. They've just leaked, it Ooh. appears. Obviously, it's an intentional leak. Don't bullshit us, Korg. <laughs> I've had many intentional leaks. Two new models, the Korg Volca drum. Mm-hmm. Which is strange to think they hadn't already done that. I know they have the Korg Volker kick, but proper drum machine. This is a digital percussion synthesizer. And the Korg Volker modular. Ooh! So, mini drum synth and sequencer. Yeah. In, as you'd imagine, the same vein as many 
that have come before it. Yeah. And mini uh, modular uh, synth. Yeah, I'm looking at the thumbnail of this video and it's new Korg Volkers leaked with some YouTuber, I guess, doing a shot like a Macaulay Culkin almost yeah. expression. Yeah, this, so this is the way music tech's going now, I guess. It is, yeah. It's all sold out to YouTubers. Um, well, what, where, what's going to happen to the likes of you and me, mate? Well, we're, we're going to languish and <laughs> then we're going to die. Oh, wicked. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just let it be over. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's okay. So what's your take on these new Volkers then, Chief? Uh, I think it's good. I don't know why they hadn't done a drum one already. I mean, why got... do what do you need apart from a kick drum, mate? Well, exactly. But they've done synthy ones, and yeah, I think the Volker drum is probably a bit not too late, but it's late. Yeah, but they've done extremely well with the existing uh, like products. So mm. I can only imagine that this will excite people who love Volkers, and there seem to be a lot of them, um, and it'll probably do quite well, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's shall we say it's basic. It's not comprehensive. No. Um, you got level, amount, rate, pitch, attack, release, you know, decay, body, tune, swing, tempo, all your standard things. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I guess especially if you're the sort of person that doesn't really like keyboard and mouse vibes and wants to get a bit more hands-on, I guess this is an affordable way to indulge that desire. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe it's the kind of thing I would get if I wanted a little drum machine to mess around with that wasn't attached to a computer screen mm. um the modular is also more interesting to me as well um yeah that's a good idea I think, I think yeah that is a good idea i assume it comes with a bunch of tiny little patch cables yeah because they're sort of bespoke square are they square holes you can see like i there's, can there's see splitter one to two twice um they don't seem to be a million places to put your patch cables. I mean, you've got your oscillator, you've got your clock signal, mm-hmm. something called Woggle. Woggle? Which I guess modulates the wave in some way. Uh, you've got envelope functions, low pass. Is that dual LPG? Is that it looks like it looks like, it likes, looks like dual filters. And it's got it's got kind of like an A plus B times C or A minus B times C, which I guess is like an envelope thing. Um, is it or is it a... No, I don't think it isn't. Mm-hmm. It's not a ring mod, is it? I don't know. Presumably, there are many ways to read your audio in this thing. Yeah. Um, so it's not got a million places to patch, but I think it's probably enough mm. to make it fun. Um, well, the thing is, I was when the Volker stuff originally came out, or like, was it like the mic, was it that tiny delay thing they did first? Yeah. I was just like, this stuff is real simple. I can't see anyone being interested in it. And mm. People love it. Yeah. And that's fair enough. I think it's it's good. You've got, uh, do you have one oscillator? Am I seeing well, that right? Well, me personally. Uh, yes, you personally. On the left of this Volker modular. Um, so you've got oh, no, the- you've got, you choose a source by patching it from and that can be an audio or a control presumably if it's all seems like it modulation amount fold and you've got a 16 step sequencer of sorts which is no do you yeah on the bottom oh okay step to the bottom tim yeah i see it um i'm pro this and i'm pro the drum one i'm not necessarily pro the kick one Okay. Um, the other ones are what you've got a, a synth one, I assume. Yeah, there's a like there's an FM one. Mm, the FM pro- will be cool. Yeah, but I mean, I would, I would sort of like to have one of them as a thing to mess around with. Mm. But I think, I think the sequencer is where it falls down for me. Not the other controls. It's just you're basically using a sixteen step sequencer to make every single note that you can play yeah you don't have a keyboard that you can sort of mess around with i mean they've got advantages and disadvantages but you know i would have to get a bunch of patterns together have them cycling through and i would have to cycle through them i assume yeah and that's basically to play with the entire thing Mm. i don't know if i'm into that 
I don't know if it would be sort of creative enough. Yeah, it's patch building creative, but it's not musically as obviously creative to me. Um, well, I guess I guess if you are used to composing in a certain way, maybe having the limitations of this relatively simple simple step sequencer would help you make something different. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, I think it, it would be fun, but I'd, I'd kind of like an all-in-one-one with a hell of a load of sequences that will automatically cycle through so I don't have to think about playing music, but I'm hearing different music. Oh, wow, okay. See what I mean? Um, yeah, I think that sounds like it was sort of thing that would be sp- quite specific to you, perhaps. Mm. I don't know, I don't know. Could well be, you know, that's the limitation that's holding me back. Like, I don't know if it would be that fun if it's just playing the same thing over and over and over again. So I want it to... I want to be able to program it to do more. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, presumably there's a way you can sequence these from something external. Yeah. And you can somehow get C, like, I mean, I guess it all works via CV, this Volker stuff. Presumably. Yeah, and you've got a sort of mixer you can use to connect all your Volkers together oh, through yeah, one yeah. and power them. Um, <clears throat> what do you think of, similar to this, the old Teenage Engineering Pocket Operators? Um, I've seen like a bunch of people who I've met have them mm. um, and they seem fine. But again, it's just for me personally, I do not want to have to spend uh, time and money learning something like that. That just doesn't seem that flexible. Yeah, I mean, I think they're flexible, but it's going to take ages to learn it is the drawback for me. I would I think my time would be better spent learning another synth like an actual full on uh, VST or something like that, really. Mm. Yeah, so not for us, I don't think these boys. No, but they're cool and they are affordable. So the we, kind I of guess we people... don't have a we don't have how much does the Volker range cost typically then? That is a good question. So you're looking at about 115 clam sterling. Okay. Uh, the mixer is about 100, I think. Okay. So it's it, it's decent to get into. Yeah. But yeah, I'm. Not 100% convinced that it's for me, mm-hmm. but I'm still, I would still be kind of happy with it. So if somebody, if you found one in your stocking, for example. Yes, I'd, I'd accept it. Yeah, <laughs> that's very generous of you. <laughs> and I play with it over Christmas and to see if it becomes part of my music making setup. But the thing is, once you go outboard, you've got to go pretty hard on the rest of the outboard, you know? This is the thing, man. I think it's the sort of thing where you have to invest a little bit of time in it yeah. to really get the most out of it. I can't see myself clicking a load on the computer and then suddenly for one synth part yeah. going and tweaking a Volker FM and then going back to the computer for the rest of it, you know? Yeah. Mate, I never use my Trueno even, and that's in the door. Uh-huh. So... Mm. But you love the Trueno at least. No. Oh. Not really. Oh. Um, I think it was a missed opportunity they haven't updated the software for over a year and it was flaky when i started using it so yeah i'm a bit down on trena at the moment mm-hmm. well anyway new volkers coming i would assume that's coming in at nam in a month oh okay well that would be very sensible timing i guess i mean they might not be but they've certainly been leaked obviously intentionally and yeah it's good to see the range expanding fair enough i have no problem with it it's all good getting more people into making music. And also, I guess it's a bit more like for some people, this would be more of an interesting way into it than getting into the software side of things, mm. which is good because it keeps the lightweights out of our way. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fewer people to listen to this podcast would be brilliant. Yeah, less people to listen to this podcast. I think you'll find. The ongoing saga that is... Uh... Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams' blurred well, lines. Well, this is still going on. Well, not anymore because it is now finished. Really? Yeah, it has been settled. I thought it was settled several years ago. Uh, it was It was decided and then appealed. Okay. And then the original verdict was upheld. Okay. And the two have to pay about four and a half million US clams. That's a lot of money, man. To the gay estate. The gay estate. Marvin Gaye's estate. Right, okay, okay. That seems excessive. It's... What's that money for exactly? I mean, I guess it's royalties, royalties for writing the thing or part royalties for writing the thing. 
Now, the official, like, you know, it's not about the chords. It's not about the lyrics. Oh, it's bullshit. About, it's about the feeling and the style. That is fucking bullshit. And mate. as you know, Tim, music is feeling. It, absolutely. It's about emotion. You can't copyright an emotion, James. Uh, you can in America. <laughs> Cash rules everything around me, uh, mate. I know this is controversial, but I still do have to say, I can understand where they're coming from in... I. <laughs> I really do think these guys just thought, hey, yeah, let's let's rip off that Marvin Gaye song. I think it's the thing is, I think it's fair enough to say, okay, we're going to make a song in this style. The music wasn't even that similar. It's just like the sort of the choice, like the sort of like playing style and everything, choice of instrumentation, all this sort of stuff. You can't copyright that shit. It'll make things shit. Yeah, you know, it's not that it's. <laughs> you do you get a copyright for something uncertain when you. Just by making it, I understand. Yeah, I understand, you can't enforce yeah. the copyright of that. You mean, and yeah, uh, I've, no. I've... Well, I think yes. I mean, I think well. I'm not a musicologist, James. What? <laughs> I know. I know. You're what? shocked. You told me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I acted as your musicologist on several occasions. Um, but I think that that sort of stuff is so subjective. This seems to be a case of cash being in charge rather than logic and as you know i'm all about logic and reason buddy it is subjective i agree with you and i know that because i've heard people say that the two things don't sound anything like each other i feel like they don't sound anything like each other i think i think they sound remarkably like each other and i think i think it's i don't know different musical brains looking at the same thing and, and coming up with different answers and you know we talk about the money all the time but this, I know, in many ways, this offers a, a deeper insight Ooh. into how different people look at music. Because to me, I, I listen to those two things and I'm like, yeah, that's a ripoff. Really, though? <laughs> I really do. These two in particular. Hmm. I mean, where are there other are there other things where you've thought the same sort of thing? Because um, I'd like to know where you're coming from on this. When we looked at the uh, Marvin Gaye versus Ed Sheeran, um, obviously like, that was like the same progression. Okay, <clears throat> it was the same mood, but not the same feeling. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have like, I wouldn't have said anyone's guilty of anything in there, or that anyone should be charged because you definitely i think you can less copyright a chord progression than you can copyright a feeling oh i think you shouldn't eat neither should be sub subject to yeah. sort of like legal action sure i could agree with that but i'm saying it's obvious that a chord progression can't be it's quite obvious that a feeling can't be. I think chord progression absolutely, definitely cannot be copyrighted. This is making me very upset, James. Any, anyway, anyway, let's just gloss over that for a second. Yeah. I I could see where they were coming from on the Ed Sheeran thing. I don't think that... I don't think that, therefore, Ed Sheeran had to pay anything or anyone had to pay anything. I don't think that should have happened. Okay. On this thick and gay mm. issue. They're cops. I, I I fully support that. And I know that's not a popular opinion, and I know that creativity is in some way threatened, but I really do see those two songs and think Yeah, no. No I don't I don't understand where you're coming from, James. Um, I disagree with you utterly. Do you have any more examples of this for me? That I'm I can think I can think of absolutely tons of songs which sound really, really similar. Um, there were the subjects of legal cases. No, there's a, there's a lot of stuff with like Stairway to Heaven. And what really? There is, and I I know a lot of Stairway to Heaven incredibly well. Mm. Um, and I think when I was listening to the things that were alleged to be for it to be have been copied from, mm. I was like, nah. But maybe that's because I know it so damn well that it feels yeah. like the original to me. Um, <laughs> I was also writing something recently about copyright, not in this way, but I, I it did make me look for a few examples. It was more about sort of sampling copyright than intellectual okay, yeah, yeah, copyright. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. And so I guess that would be the mechanical. Yeah, there are cases such as the old um, <clears throat> ice ice baby under pressure. Mm. That's clear cut, like. You stole their music, right? 
well, you didn't stole it because they still have it. Let's say yeah, you yeah, borrowed yeah. it. Okay, and that's you, and I think you that's, used their music. That's and I think that's fair enough. That's that's you know, um, Vanilla, Vanilla Ice was on a big label, um, and they, you know, clearly took someone else's work and made a load of money off it. I think that is fair enough. Yeah, yeah, they should get I think some money. We can all agree. Yeah, that that's the case. Um, Someone who has made a record by sampling a crap load of things and has made a complete new thing. Mm. I don't think that's a problem. Yeah, um, like a DJ Shadow style. Yeah. Imagine if you took the 2,000 most famous pieces of artwork in the world and made them into a collage that... Well, like a Bob Marley poster with all the different little pictures. Yeah, which, yeah, wicked. which shows someone's face or something. Yeah, You're not going to have... You shouldn't have to pay anything for using those images to do something else. So mm. I think sampling is relatively the same. But, I mean, if you've used someone's, like, hook as your hook, then maybe that's not a good idea. See what I mean? I think there is an enormous amount of copying and plagiarism in popular music. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. okay. Well, yeah, so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about plagiarism, not, like, using... Yeah, 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 okay, 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 yeah. Um, can you think of any more examples where that you want to see what I think of them? Um, oh, God, you know, I can't think of any off the top of my head. That's all right. Can we listen to <clears throat> Blurred Lines again so I yeah. can get angry about it? Okay, so here's, um, here's Got to Give It Up. Oh, they're having a party. So it's cowbell. It's yeah. organ. D- 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 and bass line too. Okay. And then let's have a listen to Blurred Lines. Back again. You see, Marvin Gaye goes, did it. And Pharrell goes, did it, it. Completely different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, yeah, I, I, you can't agree with people say they sound nothing like each other, right? No, I mean, um, I could, yeah, I can see where it's coming from, but I just, I think it's so far out of being something that should be I mean, legally actionable. One's far more modern production, which does make quite a difference you know they've they've mixed it differently that the whole uh cowbelly clavy bit but the, is... the thing is all blues songs sound identical yeah that's chord progression woke up this morning plagiarized the song in, but in terms of the instrumentation and, and everything and all the rhythm everything you know everything is the same yeah blues you songs. would never go after someone for instrumentation would you well this that seems to be what they've done here because it's about um the the you know the instruments they've used and the kind of rhythm that they've gone for. Mm, yes, the particular rhythms played by the particular instruments, mm-hmm. or gluing together to make the exact same song. I know this isn't a popular opinion. I think this is. I agree with Circuit Judge Jacqueline Nguyen. Said <laughs> the two songs differed in melody, harmony, and rhythm. And it strikes a devastating blow to future musicians, future musicians and computer musicians and composers everywhere. I agree with this woman. I do sort of agree with that. Yeah, because having precedent for this kind of thing is going to be a slippery slope. As much as I think that these two songs are heavily, 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 one is inspired by the other. uh, Yeah, having that much money payable is a problem. But you got to think back also to... Let me take you back to the 60s, Tim. Oh, God, really? Back in the 60s, people used to play each other's songs all the time. Absolutely, yeah. You have, like, instances of the Beatles playing the Rolling Stones songs, Rolling Stones playing the Beatles songs, and both playing other people's songs. And then when Led Zeppelin came along, they literally covered other songs on their first album. Mm. And then... I mean, they they started deviating and making more and more of their own stuff. Mm. And on the first album, there was plenty of their own stuff. But they have often been taken to task in the modern day because I guess it was about that time, about 1969, that it was really starting to be like, you have to write your own songs. Yeah, right. Um, But yeah, before that, people were really just 
it was kind of a free-for-all. Yeah. And, you know, there'd be eight versions of the same song by different people releasing it. And I'm sure, I guess the copyrights were all taken care of, but mm. this is before it exploded into mega books, I imagine. Mm. Or as it was exploding into mega books. And then the vultures came along and messed about with Yeah, copyrights. man. This, for me, this is purely all about business. This is not about music. It's about making cash money. Yeah. And, you know... To be fair to Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams, um, I'm sure making a load of cash money is, a you know, an important thing for them and stuff. Uh, so, you know, they live by the sword, die by the sword. But this is just dumb, man. What I say is sample with impunity. <laughs> rip people off as much as you want. And fuck making money from music. If they were the rules, then I'd be fine with that. Okay, well... These I, are... I wouldn't say no to changing the rules to that, but... Well, uh, these are the rules now, motherfuckers. Walt That's Disney, what's going to happen. Walt Disney is not going to let that happen. Well, no, he, his, his cryogenically frozen ghost is going to extend copyright law to millennia, clearly. Yeah. But, like... I don't know. It's like when the when the law gets involved with fucking with creativity, mate. That is that's a that's a a, a, a very unblurred line for me. Yeah, mate. those are two worlds that should never really meet, should they? Yeah. So yeah, this this pisses me off. But yeah, um, fuck everyone involved with this, basically. And Apart we're from Pharrell. Going to court now. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, man. Nice yeah. falsetto. Fuck everyone is what you're saying. Yeah, fuck everyone, basically. Uh, this is the sort of shit that makes the world an awful place. Uh, I agree. I agree. I just have a different opinion on whether two songs sound the same. Um, I do agree that it's... Uh, they sound thing. the same, but not like... Because like, the thing is, if it's like, you know, where do you draw the line? It's like, if you're making library music... People just want like yeah. a dodgy ripoff of some other tunes. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. Let's not let's not go after the library music guys. <laughs> some, some things have got to remain sacred. Mm. I don't think we're going to solve this here today. But I did. I did just solve it. Okay. Mate, I don't know if you're paying attention. Didn't realize. Yeah. Sample more. Rip people off more. Fuck things up. You heard it here first. <laughs> So James, I guess that's the uh, end of the show, buddy. How you feeling? Uh, hashtag thick. <laughs> I'm hashtag gay. <laughs> so let's get hashtag blurred together, I guess. Yeah. If you've enjoyed that or just tolerated it, why not join us again in a couple of weeks for the next episode of what, James? Appetite for Pradesha. <laughs> that is almost the right answer. Road to perdition. He wrote, come back to the road to perdition at Tom Tomcast. <laughs> we'll be interviewing <laughs> Tom Cat Hanks and the little kid out of Road to Perdition next week. Hey, 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 hey. Next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>